I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. How do you go from being scarcity-minded to having an abundance mindset? What are the actual steps and systems required to go from that place that you might be in now to having a more of a, an abundance mindset? Guys, this morning I wanted to cover this topic because it was asked by one of our VegUp podcast listeners who also happens to be in our VegUp base camp. So if you haven't gone to www.vegupbasecamp.com, and that link is in the show notes as well, that's where we hang out on Facebook. I spend most of my time that I do spend on Facebook in there. I post ideas, stuff around mindset, concepts around habit formation, psychology, vegan nutrition, training, and just kind of get in there and mingle with with the other base campers. And so this person asked this really good question because right often especially in this podcast I talk a lot about you know this this idea of taking leaps of faith and and doing things that make you scared and having this more of an abundance mindset in terms of how can I have many of the goals in my life without necessarily sacrificing something else that I want to and while it makes sense on the surface, right, and someone like myself, or you might hear someone else talk about this concept, it might be challenging for you right now to ask yourself, how do I get to that place? You know, if I'm in a place right now where things really are literally scarce, and I don't seem to be making the progress that I want, and I keep defaulting to these negative thoughts or these limiting beliefs about myself, how do I actually bridge that gap to get into that new that new ecosystem so to speak and so the first thing that I will put forward to you is look for proof in stories and so what I mean by this is you can look around and you can see people who have literally proverbially gone from rags to riches everywhere and follow them learn from them listen to their stories and listen to what they did to help get them from that place and so what I did and what I've done in my own journey is I've immersed myself in following people who share a positive message that that helps me it helps me reframe my challenges and get into a mindset of being solution oriented rather than just settling settling or being a victim and look for proof in their stories and so what I mean again by this is that you can see so many people who have had immense struggle in their life or have had to overcome many challenges find ways to thrive and prosper and so if you're in a world where you're not hearing or seeing those stories your perception of what you can achieve is much less because you feel like no one has gone before you you feel like no one understands your challenges you feel like there is no one who gets your position. And so what I would put forward to you is look for people who have achieved a lot and are successful in your eyes, whether it be with health, fitness, relationships, business, whatever, 
who maybe have a big family and, and kids and they've still managed to do it. How do they do it? How do they fit everything in? How do they structure their day? What type of help do they get? What type of situations do they put themselves in? And so look for people that are kind of like you or where you were and then try to find out what do they do and start to model those things habit by habit, step by step, as much as you can. That's the first thing. The second thing is to look at your environment. So very often, what I say to people is that if you want to change the way you think and you want to change the results in your life, you have to start changing your environment because it's like taking a fruit tree and transplanting it into clay. (laughs) If it's sitting in clay, no matter how much sunlight and water you give it, it's probably not going to yield any fruit, right? And so for that reason, your environment is the same. The people you are around, the, the conversations that you have, the type of energy that you are around, those things basically facilitate what looks like your environment. Now, Sometimes, yes, depending on your circumstances, if you, uh, you know, aren't married or you're single or you don't have children or you can work remotely or you already want to leave your job, you can get up and you can uproot yourself and you can put yourself in a new environment. It's much easier. For some people, it's easier to change the environment. And so the first thing I would tell you is if that's you, start changing your environment. Change the gym that you go to. Start going to a different grocery store. Start immersing yourself in different things that interest you outside of what you've been doing. So like recently I had a uh, client of ours who started doing trail running. And so he had gone through a challenging breakup. And so he got into trail running and he found this whole community of trail runners. And they all have their own set of subset of passions and hobbies that he started to immerse himself in. And so you need to change your environment. And the reason for this is because right now, a lot of your scarcity-minded thinking is driven by your environment and you don't know it. Maybe your environment's not negative, but it's just not conducive with abundance and, and a growth mindset. It's just kind of static and stagnant. And I think most people fall into this place where it's just kind of static and nothing's changing. And so from that perspective, you need to change your physical environment as much as you can. And that's part of the reason why we choose to travel in the RV as much as possible. And especially this year, we're traveling all year because we understand the importance of changing the environment in terms of creativity. So creativity stems often from environmental change. And we want to be more creative with our YouTube channel. I want to pump out more podcasts like this and be even more creative with this. We want to be more creative with the types of programs that we create for people that create vegan plant-based transformations in their health. We want to be on the forefront of that and always innovating and creating things that haven't been done before. And so that's why we choose to travel. Now, often some people, many people, cannot just uproot their life and, tri- and, tr- and, and move, right? They just can't change all their environments. They might be married, they have kids, they have their kids going to school, like whatever it looks like. You just can't get up and leave and just change everything. But you can adapt and change your online cyber environment. And that's where most people fall short. They will tolerate too much nonsense and BS from people, quote unquote, friends and family and associates on Facebook. And so they jump on Facebook or Instagram, they're scrolling and they're seeing all these freaking political posts 
and like people sharing awful content just like negative stuff or graphic stuff and all it does is it just starts to create these cancers in your mind now i'm all about at least being aware of the world right so like awareness is important but you don't need to immerse yourself and subject yourself to that every single day like most people do and then they go off and they argue and they debate and they're doing all these negative things that do not add value to their lives or anyone else's <clears throat> and so you need to start filtering your newsfeed unfollow people if you don't want to defriend them so like if you're worried about like what family and friends will think just unfollow them just stop looking at their stuff period start following people who inspire you start following other people who have gone before you proof of the stories that you want to achieve in your life start make curating your social media so it is your new environment your new ecosystem that's how you start shifting that abundance mindset and a good example a really good book called um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. So Secrets of the Millionaire Mind is all around this idea of how do you change your mindset to have abundance in your life. It's not just about money. It's about abundance in every area and anything you want to achieve. And <clears throat> So what he's saying is most people will be like, I have to choose one thing or the other. He's like, in what environment, in what world do you have to do to achieve both how can you achieve both and so you've got to ask yourself questions which brings me to the next step mindset's important having this shift ecosystem is important but how do you get into the nitty-gritty and the tangible stuff the first thing is recognizing vocabulary that doesn't serve you and we get most of this from programming from our society from our family from our parents now it's not their fault. They just grew up with the programming that they were given from their parents. But we have a choice to recognize that we can change that if we're aware of the words that we use. And so if you grew up in a scarcity environment with your parents and there was always concern about bills and no one was ever in shape and everything was just, you know, people who are not healthy often have this whole thing, well, it just runs in the family, right? Everything runs in the family. Obesity runs in the family. It's not that obesity runs in the family. It's that poor dietary choices sedentary behaviors everything that's associated with obesity the behaviors the thought patterns the processes they tend to be a family affair and so that's a byproduct and it's important to remember that your upbringing your life has shaped many of those thought patterns and vocabulary uses that you choose to use about what's what's possible for yourself and so for example I grew up in an environment where early early on before my dad achieved a degree of financial stability there was a lot of scarcity in in our life we weren't we were poor and we my dad and my mom took me and my brother when we were very young and we left the little hometown in New Zealand that we were born in which is called Whanganui and we moved to the big city of Auckland and that was about six hours drive away and we knew no one there was no family there so there was no additional support so it was very stressful for my parents and my dad came there and he was trying to look for work because that was a place where he could get the work that he was looking for and I remember early on um, when my parents separated my dad lived in this tiny little rat infested apartment 
and he had a little black and white TV and he, he couldn't even afford to look after me and my brother. So we had to go stay with my grandparents in Wanganui for almost a year, I think, while he tried to get established. And I think that that struggle conditioned him to focus a lot on scarcity around there's always bills, 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 bills. I always got bills to pay. Um, I'm always running short. And I remember he would use these words a lot with us growing up. There was always this idea of, is there is it going to be enough around the corner? There's, there's, it's always short. There's always bills. And I know for myself that if I'm not careful, I can default to that fear-based thinking. And that can be an anxiety that I feel. And so I have to just see that for what it is and recognize that that was just an operating system that he had that he unknowingly passed on to us. And it's a choice that I have whether I adapt, adapt that or adopt it. And so I choose to adapt it from that perspective to this abundance mindset. So recognize that a lot of what you think is look at, trace it back. Where did it, what is the origin of it? Where did it come from? And if you have a partner or a spouse, you can often see it in their family as well. So it won't just come from your parents or your family. It will come from both of your families. So you need to see that first for what it is. And then you need to start looking at the vocabulary that you're using. See, a lot of people use a lot of limiting vocabulary with the words that they say. Things like, I can't, not enough, I'm just not good at that stuff. Um, it will. That's just for rich people. I'm not a morning person. I'll always be overweight. I don't have any energy. So it's just don'ts, can'ts, I wish I could do this. It's lots of words that remove the ability for them to change because of some outside story or they just in the moment they don't have what they feel like is the willpower to do it and so you need to see that and recognize that pretty much every single thing that we say that stops us from taking action is an excuse and a story and that's the hard part is that you know I'm a shy person I'm not a morning person I'm not creative I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I should be doing this, but I don't, I can't. All those things, like there's not enough. I don't have enough for that. Maybe next year, I wish I could do that, blah, blah, blah. So that's all the type of vocabulary that people use that's very disempowering rather than being solution oriented. And so what I mean by this is if you catch yourself saying things like, I can't afford that right now. That's a big one. So like when people reach out to us for, they want high level coaching and then I put forward these uh, propositions for them and they're like, I wish I could do that, but I can't afford that. That's very disempowering because what it does is it just means that there's no change in their life. They're just basically settling for this idea that nothing will ever change. And so what I would, what I would put forward to you is that you need to shift that concept from, I wish I could do that. I can't afford that to, I'm going to do that. How can I find a way and reverse engineer the process to facilitate this at some point in the near future? And so you've got to get tangible and you've got to actually break it down. Like James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits, you have to get into the nitty gritty and ask yourself this. So I'll give you a classic example. Someone might say to us, Look, I really want to do one of your high-level peak VEGX coaching programs, but the investment's really large. I can't do that right now. And I'm like, look, let's break it down. Let's figure out what's required. So I'm just throwing some random numbers out here. So let's say you know they might come up with a down payment to start the process, and then we break the payment down over six or eight or 11 months. 
and that monthly payment might work out to be a hundred and no, that monthly payment might work out to be six hundred dollars. I'm just throwing a number out there. And then that weekly payment might be work out to be 160 or whatever. And then you might have a daily payment of $24, which means you need to make you need to have come up with $1 an hour over that 24-hour period to make that happen. Now, if you need to have $24 extra per day in your account to get some high-level elite coaching that the elite of the elite get, what do you need to trim from your life right now that you're spending that's just frivolous or filling a void so for like a lot of people it's like starbucks so they say it's like three to five dollars a day starbucks or it's alcohol it's that bottle of wine each week or it's the protein bar that they're buying or it is just whatever they're getting there's people spend money in all kinds of frivolous areas that they don't even really think about it's just something that gives them a little bit of emotional comfort in the moment but it's it's fleeting and so first of all look at all the areas where you can potentially trim there's areas everywhere you could probably literally trim 24 dollars a day just from frivolous spending for most people if they were honest with themselves then what you do to bridge that gap is you ask yourself what can i do to help generate a little bit extra so if I can't trim 24, say you can trim 10, what do you have to do to generate $14? Do you have to sell something on eBay or trade me if you're in Australia or New Zealand? Do you have to do a little bit of dog sitting or do you have to, what does it look like? Do you have to pick up an extra hour at work each day? Or what does it look like for you to facilitate that dream that you want? It's always going to require some degree of sacrifice, guys. That's the thing that you have to come to terms with. Is that if you're like, I can't do anything else, then be just prepared to stay where you are. And if you're okay with staying where you are, that's fine. But if you want to break through, you have to be prepared to change things and sacrifice things that in the moment might make you feel good will make you feel more inconvenienced, right? And so you've got to ask yourself, is, and also think of it like this. In this day and age, there are so many things that you are good at that you can create courses for or you can sell on a Shopify store. People like do pottery and knitting and crochet and they make all kinds of creative stuff. And maybe you have a hobby for that. Maybe you just need to sell a little bit of that online and make that extra $14 a day. That is how you get nitty gritty and actually get the result that you want. Because it's one thing to have a big dream and say, okay, like I really want this big thing. But it's not just enough to say, I really want that. You literally have to ask yourself, what do you need to do on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour, habit-to-habit basis to make that thing real? If you don't change anything in your life, like if you don't trim your frivolous spending and or you don't start to add more value and get creative with how you can generate income to get coaching, then you're never actually going to change anything and you'll always be in the same position. And so something has got to change within you first. And very often, a way to remind yourself of this, because you can understand this on a mechanistic level, but when it comes to sticking to the big dream and reminding yourself why that's why having a vision board can be really helpful a lot of people think vision boards are just this woo woo bs that's like for hippies and overly spiritual abundance based people but i argue differently in the sense that it's part of your environment 
if you're in a physical environment and you can see literally on your wall these images that you associate with happiness and the type of life that you want to live in, the type of body that you want to be in, and the type of just experiences that you want to have in your life, that's going to start connecting you back to those day-to-day habits and remind you why you're doing what you do. See, I have a vision board in, in our office, and I update it often once I start to manifest things on it, and it literally happens. I don't sometimes even know that it's happening. I'll be like, oh my God, we've already, we've already achieved that. We've already done that. And I'll take it off and I'll put something new on. And I also have an album on my phone, like a favorites album with a little heart icon. And I go through that and it's got basically the digital version of those images plus a lot of images of, of Zia and Lauren and videos of them. And that's my, that reminds me why I do a lot of what I do. And so that's the emotional part. You need like a deep emotional driver to make these nitty gritty habits stick. Like your logical brain can make sense of, okay, I need to do this, this, and this to achieve the goal. But if you don't have a big, deep emotional driving why, then you're going to keep flip-flopping. And that is why our program, our introductory program, Veganize Your Life, in the show notes, the link is for that. That's why we created this program. Because one of the things that we recognize and we'd seen in the fitness, the vegan, or just the fitness nutrition space in general, was that people would get some results and then they would go backwards. And they would get results and they would go backwards. And the fundamental reason why they would get the results and go backwards isn't because they didn't have the nitty gritty steps, right? You can do a program that has nitty gritty steps, but why do they keep going backwards? Because their mindset and their internal dialogue and their motivation and their deep compelling why and their value system was not calibrated for that new person. And so they would default back to that old calibration system, that old value system, and they would start getting the same old result. And so if you want to start changing the mechanisms of how you think, get into Veganize Your Life and do that course. That's where you begin. It's in the show notes. Start there because the next program that we have coming out very soon at the time of this podcast, which is the start of February, that's going to be the next stepping stone off the back of this. First, you want to get your mindset and your value system calibrated. So when we give you the nitty gritty, it's highly, highly effective and it changes the game. So coming back to what I was saying, vision board create one that is such a powerful thing to give you a visualization of why you're doing what you're doing and to shift you to an abundance mindset and the last thing that i will say is spend time daily with people in your environment talking about your dreams and goals and the things that excite you like with lauren for example i talk about some of these big crazy dreams that we have because I want her to get excited and I get excited talking about it. I'm like, damn, like, let's do this. Let's just like, and the reason why I'm like, let's just do this and not fear-based anymore is because I understand how finite our lives really are and that I want to know that I lived fully. And I want to look back on life one day when we're grand old and be like, you know what? We truly lived. Yeah, we made mistakes, but we truly lived. And that was a beautiful thing. And too many people play really, really safe. And they get to a point in their life where then all of a sudden their mortality is very, they were very aware of it. 
and then they're left with this 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 dissatisfaction and this resentment because they never took more chances in their life because they were they were driven by fear and at the end of the day so many things that we are fearful of it's not a life or death situation it's just in our head it's what people will think it's the stories that we've been given by society and our family so you need to remind yourself, talk about it with people. Don't gossip about people negatively. Don't talk about just all the negative stuff that people talk about. Talk about things that excite you. Talk about dreams that excite you. Talk about the things you want to achieve. Ask people their feedback and how they can make it happen, how you can make it happen. Have exciting conversations that bring you to life. That is my message for you today, guys. It starts with you but you've got to make the decision. Do you want to adopt the belief systems and the habits that have been given to you by society and your family? Or do you want to adapt them and grow into the person that you know you can be? I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at EvolvingAlpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.